Buenos dias. Welcome to the People Power Everything podcast. I am your host, John Dallas, and I believe that there is power in the masses. The goal of this podcast is to talk about that power, how we can help it manifest itself for all of us, and some lessons I've learned along the way. This week's episode is called The Art of Doing Less. This week, I was reminded of lessons we've learned countless times. Yet, we have a really hard time applying long-term through lack of personal discipline, an inability to say no, and a misconception that if we work more, we will be more productive. We won't, yet we persist. Wait, work less, be more productive? Yeah, but don't take my word for it. Let's explore. The article that inspired me this week is called How Working Less Could Solve All Our Problems, Really, by Rutger Bregman. Almost 100 years ago, John Maynard Keynes, the brilliant British economist, predicted that our standard of living would increase to the point where we would only need to work 15 hours a week. I know some of you out there probably work 15 hours a day. Well, I hope not. I don't, but I know there are some. We have definitely fulfilled the standard part with our luxurious homes that have indoor plumbing, massive televisions, on-demand entertainment, connect-anywhere telephones, and appliances that take care of the most mundane tasks like washing the dishes and vacuuming. But we still persist in working, working in quotes, 40 plus hours a week. Why? First, we should be really clear that most people don't actually work a full 40 hours or more, but they spend time at work or in front of a screen. If you're a knowledge worker, as most of my readers are, and listeners, welcome listeners, you probably are only productive a maximum of six hours a day, and that's generous. Yet we persist past the point of productivity and pretend we're getting more done. But all we're doing is getting more tired, frustrated, and making mistakes. At work, I try hard to keep people aware of the dangers of overwork. In IT, it may sound good to not interrupt systems during the day and have people work overnight and weekends to make changes, but buyer beware, because your people will inevitably be tired, make more mistakes, and take longer to do the same thing. Research has shown that losing just an hour of sleep a night for a week will cause a level of cognitive degradation equivalent to a 0.10 blood alcohol level. For those in the know, 0.08 is when you're technically drunk uh, if you do a roadside test and you fail. So we're essentially paying people to work as if they were drunk. But the policy where I work says we aren't allowed to drink at work. Hmm. In the end, is the risk of poorly implemented upgrades worth the risk? In my past teams, our goal has been to design platforms that are resilient, can keep running during changes, and will have no impact if there's an issue. This requires forethought and investment, but we end up with more stability and rested people. We make changes midday on a Wednesday with no worries at all. And we have rested people 
and fewer bugs. Imagine that. Despite a wealth of studies conducted over the past century, one resounding conclusion persists. Longer hours at work do not equate to increased productivity. I know it seems paradoxical, but the evidence is unequivocal. Scholars and researchers have consistently demonstrated that excessive working hours not only lead to diminishing returns, but also contribute to detrimental effects on mental and physical health. Despite this well-established knowledge, the allure of overwork persists in many industries and cultures. Not only that, but studies on shorter work weeks have shown that productivity can increase even when people work less. But we keep measuring productivity based on a number of hours people spend in front of their screen. And if someone makes the mistake of being super productive and finishing all their work in less time, we reward them with more work. Ugh. This paradox may stem from deeply ingrained cultural norms and societal pressures. The belief that working long hours equates to dedication and success remains pervasive. Individuals often feel compelled to overwork, to meet professional expectations, or do as the boss does, writing emails through the evening and over the weekend. If I can give any leader advice to make your teams happier, less stressed, and more productive, it would be stop. Stop sending the emails after hours. No matter what little tagline you put on the end of your email stating, I don't expect you to read or respond. I sometimes like work to work outside of working hours. It still has a stressing effect. Don't just take my word for it. It's called the email urgency bias, and it's real. Employers, too, may struggle to break free from traditional notions of productivity, perpetuating a cycle of excessive work hours despite evidence to the contrary. Bosses get trapped in this. Leaders get trapped in this. Everybody does. There's an expectation that I'm going to do all this. What if we just stopped? What if we killed that expectation? What if we use the little schedule button that we have and schedule it the next day? Use the button. Have the email send itself in the morning. <clears throat> That's fine. Certain people work better or more productive between midnight and 3 a.m. That's just how they are. And that's okay. But when the gen generic general working hours where you work is during the day, then be nice. Just send it at 7.30 in the morning, 8 in the morning. You can schedule it. You don't even have to be there. It's awesome. Personally, I've been advocating for this for years, but I'm still sometimes guilty of it myself. I'm far from perfect, that's for sure. That's when I go back and read some of my earlier writing, like in 2017 when I wrote When We Recognize the Wrong Things. That article, if you search it, you should be able to find it. When We Recognize the Wrong Things, John Dallas, came up first for me, so it should for you, I guess. But I was writing about people getting recognition about working countless hours, about not watching the clock, about working all weekend, uh, not taking their breaks. And the bosses would recognize that. So you're basically saying, if you want to be amongst the elite and get exceptional ratings, 
you need to work silly hours. And I use the word silly instead of stupid because I think the hours are stupid. But people, some people want to work them. Some people like doing the job. And that's fine. I don't want to judge that. But from an overall perspective, we need to make the expectations clear and reasonable. Part of breaking the cycle is to have leaders encouraging a balanced life, including time off, not working the weekend, and overtly recognizing those that take their time off in order to disconnect and pursue alternate interests. And it doesn't have to be, oh, thank you for taking your time off. It could just be, those are great photos. One of my people shares photos all the time. Those are amazing. You know, I want to take the time off to do that. How do you do that? And encouraging those alternate interests. Work is not our lives. It's part of it. And it can be a really interesting, engaging, passionate part of it. But it shouldn't be all of it. It's high time we acknowledge the wealth of research and reconsider our approach to work. Embracing the concept that less is more in terms of working hours can lead to not only enhanced productivity, but also improved well-being and work-life balance. Improved well-being meaning people are absent less often. People turn over less because they're happy at work. They feel they have a balance. By re-evaluating our attitudes towards work and shifting towards more efficient, focused, and balanced schedules, we can pave the way for a healthier and more productive future. A big part of this is learning how to simply say no. Or I've learned over the years to say yes, but. So you can say yes to anything, but follow it with all the conditions you require to be successful and in a reasonable way. Yeah, I can do that, but here are the things I'm not going to be able to do because my schedule is full. Or here are the things that aren't a priority anymore. So I'm going to let them go. Or if you give me a team to do this, I will be able to do it, but I'm not going to do it alone. I'm not going to be able to do it alone. We need to feel comfortable saying, I don't know. I don't agree. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't have the time to do that. And last, but certainly not least, I don't want to work that many hours. It should be normal course of business that we see the benefits of properly managing our collective workload. In the end, even with the wealth of research showing us the way, it all comes down to us. Collectively, together, we need to band together to create cultures of productive people who work reasonable hours, stay healthy mentally and physically, and have time for leisure pursuits with friends and family. After all, we are the people in the business, and people power everything. I hope you like that, and I want you to have a great day and week ahead. Stay balanced, stay well, take care of yourself, and to borrow from another podcaster, if you can, somebody else. <laughs>